and I'm like mortified. I'm like, I'm gonna throw up, please get a bag, get a bag. And I put my hands over my mouth and then I just go, I start to throw up and the throw up seeps through my fingers all over me. Hi guys, I'm Violet Benson. Welcome to another episode of Teach Hard to Be Crazy with me on every Thursday. Today my guest is Lauren, and I'm going to butcher her name, but please do not get upset with me. Me not speaking English is part of my quirk. <laughs> Lauren Brovarnik. There you go. You nailed it. I did? Nailed it. Lauren Brovarnik. But your old last name, you, you said gold, gold? Goldstone. Goldstone. Okay, that's yeah. that would have been easier. So kind of rude of you to not be considerate of me. You can blame Alex for that. <laughs> yeah, his fault. A man. She's a mother, also currently pregnant and expecting. I'm an influencer and also a clothing designer. And she gained fame from 90 Day Fiance season three. Her and her husband tied the knot in 2015 in the US and in Israel in 2016. And then later they also appeared on 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. And now they're also regulars on the franchise spinoff. And she also recently in March, so last month, just launched her merchandise line. Yes, I did. What is it called? It's called Lauren Brevarnik and it's basic but with a little pizzazz like me. And it's just the logo and I'm all about evil eyes and Hamza's and you know, positivity. And since I have brown eyes, I figured let me make an evil eye that has a brown eye because they're always blue. Yeah, how did you come up with the name for your merchandise line? I'm kidding. Yeah, it's so original. It was very hard to think of it. You know, that's so funny you say that about evil eye because my dad's very superstitious. And he's always telling me to watch out for people with brown eyes because they'll give me an evil eye. And I'm like, Abba, you have brown eyes. <laughs> like, why do you hate yourself? <laughs> this is a hamsa with an evil eye inside. And I, I have a, my ring is evil eye. I'm very superstitious too. I always wear it. But yeah, I guess I didn't ever realize my evil eye ring is green. They're usually like green or blue. I have one tattooed on my ankle. So I feel like I'm always protected. And then I have eyes everywhere. You and your bae. Sorry, that's so outdated. I'm such a millennial. Uh, <laughs> and I use those words too. Trust me, I'm still learning like turnt. You don't need to learn anymore because it's already outdated. So you I still use it. I'm old. Me too. Uh, okay, so you guys also expended your family back in 2020, April 2020, with your first baby boy, Shy, and then you recently announced that you were expecting a boy, another one. But you know what? Here's the thing. I don't have to shop for all new boy stuff. That's the Jew in me. And two, I'm really the queen of the house now. Like, with a husband and a son, it's one thing, but like, two sons and a husband, I can't do any wrong. That's true. I love that. Yeah, that is really cute. Were you sad when it wasn't a girl? Or you were just still, you know, a child's a child. So with Shy, I was actually really sad. I was like, oh my gosh, I was connecting with her. I thought for sure I was having a girl. I was breaking out. This kid was sucking the beauty out of me. Like I looked horrible. I felt horrible. And I was like, all right, it's a girl. She's going to be gorgeous. And then it came out a boy and I cried for like two days, but he's gorgeous. So, you know, it's fine. And he's the best baby. And the way he looks at me, it's like, whoa. I thought my husband looked at me amazing. And then like my son looks at me and I'm like, there's no comparison at all. You know, I was going to wait till the end of the interview to ask these questions, but I'm just curious now since we're talking about it. My mom told me that you don't know love until you have your first child. And she said like the way you love, the way you would feel it will be the most different thing you ever felt in your life. Is that true? Is that what you experienced? I've never, and it's so cliche, I've never felt so much love and fear at the same time. Because like, I'm so scared to love something, someone so much so quickly that like, I don't even know well enough. And it's crazy. Like, it's insane. Your mom is right. I'm sorry. If she's listening, mom, you're right. Moms are always right. And I am one now. So I'm always right. So Aww. there you go. 
I'm in love with my husband, but I'm in love with my kid in a completely different way. Like he's my soulmate. Yeah, that's why um, a lot of times people, couples, the research shows that there could be issues after the birth of the first child because of how attached the mother becomes to the child that the husband could feel jealous of that love because maybe they're not getting as much love. And then there's a high percentage of cheating that happens right after the first child, which is so messed up because it's like, bro, I just gave birth to your child. Thank you. And not only that, I'm now adjusting to going back to the way I looked before the baby and dealing with the hot flashes and the hormones and feeling like a cow literally and physically like milking and feeding all the time. And oh my God, I would probably go to jail if I found out that Alex cheated on me because I'd kill him. Yeah, as you should. Whatever you need to do to heal. (laughs) (laughs) Queen, whatever you need to do. (laughs) Okay, another thing about her, I don't know if you guys know, but she's also a cancer. So I am a cancer, a hardcore cancer. I'm emotional as shit but don't cross me. I'm the nicest person. I will give you the shirt off my back, but if you cross me, I will snap at you. Cancers, I feel like can get so petty when you upset them. I swear they go under the belt. It's so unnecessary. Way below, way down there, a thousand percent. But that we're like sour patch. First we're sour, then we're sweet. But that's also Scorpios. We're water signs. We're very needy. Like we love affection. We love to be praised because, you know, we feel underappreciated because we really go above and beyond all the time. That also sounds like a Pisces. We're vulnerable. So when we like break out of our shell, we want to be like, all hail the cancer, you know, like it's true. Yeah, but I think it also depends on your other signs. I think the reason I'm probably drawn less to emotional, emotional signs and I'm more drawn to like fire signs. I think it has to do with your chart and the rest of the signs that you have in your chart. I'm, I'm very into zodiacs. Oh, you are? I go to a psychic since I'm 13. Like I'm an empath. I can feel things. Not only am I psycho, but I'm psychic. Like I feel things and I'll say things and people are like, how did you know? And I'm like, I'm just crazy. You know, I have crystals all around my house. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. I'm very into that. And Alex makes fun of me. So what's Alex's zodiac sign? He's a Leo. You have a crab and a lion. Okay, so those two signs are not normally compatible, but sibling signs can actually be compatible in a lot of ways because your other zodiac signs can be a good match. Yeah, and I think it also depends on like the day like the month and stuff like that but so he's a ukrainian israeli so like we're we're together seven years married five it took me about six years for him to real for me to realize that he's not yelling at me when he's talking and that's the lion in him and that's the little crab in me and like please stop yelling at me. he's like i'm not yelling at you and i'm like i'm a fragile little butterfly you know like he just raises his voice very stern and defiant and i'm just like I think that's a cultural thing. That's how I talk when I'm a foreigner. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I swear that is how I talk to people and they'll think I'm upset or yelling. And I'm like, no, I am. We are having a conversation. I'm trying to tell you exactly what's happening right now. And that's the cancer in me. I'm like, no, no, shedding tears, you know. Um, How has it been to be in quarantine while with your husband and a newborn child and then another one on the way? Has that been hard? They always say, like, people is like, wow, if you can do long distance, you can get through anything. I say, fuck that. <laughs> if you can get through a quarantine nonstop with your husband and a newborn, you can get through anything. He was home for three weeks. We had a newborn baby and we couldn't go anywhere. And we have a two bedroom condo. It's not like I have a mansion. I have a 1300 square foot house you know, push me over the balcony, please. That was how I would skate. But like, it's just, it was tough because you're balancing for a mom, you're balancing like the hormones and the ride of becoming a mom and like a screaming baby and figuring out motherhood and nursing. And I mean, I'm still here. I think I finally have, not finally, not I'm proud of it. I think I have gray hairs for the first time. They're under there somewhere, but I feel them. Oh, no, I don't think so. But no, I I mean, it must be really stressful, especially with the hormones of a new baby, like in your belly, and you have a baby you have to take care of as a mother and like, and you're running your business. Oh, yeah. Now, now it's funny. Like, how do you do it? I am a full time mom. I'm a full time wife. 
I have a real job, like a nine to five job. I film, I'm an influencer, and I'm carrying a child. I'm with child. Yeah. I also am like our house manager. I cook, clean, do laundry, take care of any phone calls that need to be done, this, this, and this. Yeah, people don't realize like being a mother itself is already a full-time job and women do so much. My sister just gave birth to her second child. She's oh my God, Mazal Tov. Mazal Tov. Yeah, exactly. She's taking care of two kids. She's also working full-time while also then working on her side business that she's passionate about. So she's a full-time in-house attorney while also doing, yeah, for a big, big, big company, while also doing a side business it's called Bonbon. And it's uh, clothing for kids. Uh, she needs an influencer. <laughs> I've got a kid. Yeah, exactly. But I just like to see, even watch her. I always amazes me how much like women were invincible. That's why it's like whenever people are like, oh, you should have some balls. I'm like, you should have some balls. Women literally produce a child out of their vagina. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have a pussy if you want to be a real man. Preach it. Listen, kudos to the men that have to be like the dad and the mom figure. But the, for the majority of the men that don't, like, I hate when they're like, oh, so you're going to go and leave. Oh, so your kid is sick. You have to take care of them. Like, it's like, bro, I give you a day, maybe 48 hours in my shoes. And then you'll be like, oh my God, your kids are not feeling well. Go, go take care of them. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And then it's always looks like whenever the father of the child spends even just one day with the child. Everyone praises the, the like, wow. Oh, it's the worst. It's when Alex and I, when we're out and he's like holding shy and pushing the stroller. And cause we, we really don't go out that much, honestly. So when we do, you're like, oh my God, look at the dad, look at him. And like people recognize us obviously when we're in public. So it's like, oh my God, Alex, you're such a great dad. And I'm schlepping the bags or like, you know, pushing the stroller and he's carrying shine. I'm just like, <laughs> you're like, I gave life to that child and I'm carrying his second child. In yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm just having a hot flash, you know, <laughs> my legs are chafing, but it's totally fine. He's doing all the work. Yeah, that's so funny, but it's so true. Like, I'm not going to lie that I'm even like that. Whenever I see a father with, the, with their child, could be my daddy issues though I always want to like tear up I'm like that is the sweetest thing I've ever seen and if it's a mother with a child I don't even care it, because it's expected it's right. totally expected so when you see a dad doing it all hail the dad after you get to find the love of your life on Instagram stalk him make him date you and then have him knock you up naturally you're gonna have to move in together and that's why we have apartments.com apartments.com knows that we've been doing everything from home lately working from home exercising from home schooling from home breakfast lunch and dinnering from home wishing we were anywhere else on the planet from home but with all that extra time we've had inside our homes we've gained a newfound appreciation for making sure that our place is the right place for us that's where apartments.com comes in apartments.com is the most rental listings across the apartments, houses, townhomes, and condos, as well as powerful search tools. So it's easy to find that special somewhere that offers exactly what you need. And thanks to its 3D virtual tours, you can now explore your potential new place from anywhere. That includes such exotic locals as your boudoir, your walk-in pantry, your alfresco dining area, even your guest powder room. And if you're feeling adventurous, just about anywhere with an internet connection. So let your fingers enjoy a stroll across the nearest keyboard and visit apartments.com to start your rental search today. Apartments.com the most popular place to find a place so no more hassle driving all around town plus it's a pandemic so it's not like we really can access every single apartment out there so you don't want to miss out on your perfect apartment just because you're unable to enter it which is why the virtual tours are perfect i recommend it for anyone i recently recommended it for my producer and we found her the perfect place on apartments.com so to get into your next place make the most obvious move and visit apartments.com today apartments.com the most popular place to find a place place what do you feel like are some things that people don't tell you that happened to you while you're pregnant during pregnancy and after people give so much unsolicited advice <laughs> but during pregnancy people like tell you not to do this or do this or what to expect but they don't tell you afterwards nobody tells you about the postpartum night sweats or the fact that you're still starving, if not even hungrier than when you were pregnant, or like the fact that your hormones are 10 times 
more uncontrollable. I honestly, I think I change my sheets every single day for like a month and a half. Or like the fact that your hair could start falling out at a few months. And like, nobody tells you about the post. They all tell you like, yeah, during pregnancy, you might not want to eat this, or you might have these food aversions or cravings. But like, when I was nursing or just like a few weeks after I gave birth, I was starving. I looked so disheveled. I was a mess. I had the mom bun. I was dripping sweat. I had a fan and I was eating nonstop. And I was like, Alex, this isn't supposed to happen. And nobody tells you about this. No, that's so true. So nobody told me about that. And like, I remember it was like three months and people were like, oh, did you start losing your hair? Like, has your hair started falling out? Like, it was a good thing. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, I used a certain shampoo to prevent that during pregnancy. I wasn't expecting it post-pregnancy. Oh my gosh. And I remember I was taking a shower one time and I was like, what the fuck is this? Clumps of my hair. I think for like a good six weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, now I have to go through it all over again. I mean, I got pregnant. I'm very lucky eight months after I had shy, so my body still had not adjusted. So now I am hotter. I am meaner. I am (laughs) angrier. I am crankier. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's a blessing. I'm pregnant, but it's just like... It is honestly the most beautiful thing. When I was watching my sister get pregnant, even the first time, just I was... You watched her get pregnant? Well, (laughs) not during the process. Uh, after it was really cool, you know, just to see her as she was getting pregnant and how her body was changing and also even to go through the birth. It's so I'm still can't wrap my mind around the fact that as human beings, we're able to carry another person inside of us. And that person gets develops inside of you. That's another cool thing. It starts from not like a little egg or sea semen or whatever. And then it starts to develop suddenly forms a head inside of you and it's eating your food. It's crazy. So I'm, I'm in my second trimester and I get these weekly updates. And right now the baby's a size, uh, it's bigger than an apple, which like is crazy. Cause if you hold up an apple, it's like my belly, you're like, wait a second. But then it talks about where the, the fetus is right now. And you're like, Oh, it's not little fingers and it's moving or like its mouth is moving. And like, now I look at shy who's going to be one. And I'm like, I created, I mean, we created it, but like I birthed it. I developed it. And helped him form and he's like a human like he's trying to walk and he's feeding himself and I'm like wait that was inside of me it's I literally think about this I'm happy I'm not the only one because that's how I would sit and just stare at my sister with shock and she'd be like what the fuck's wrong stop looking at me what and I'm like sorry I'm just so amazed it's mind-blowing and then it's cool that after you give birth and suddenly your breasts are to produce milk that's another thing it's like that's so crazy to me so I have to tell you because there's this whole taboo around like nursing and breastfeeding and like, I don't know where it became a sexualized thing, right? So when I was pregnant, I was like, Alex, I don't really want to nurse. Like the thought of it freaks me out. It just, it skeeves me out. Like having my kid like eat from me, you know what I mean? It's just weird. And he was like, can you just try it? Can you just try it? And it was like, fine. And like the first time, like shy latched on like that. And I was like, whoa, what is happening? You know? And then once you want to stop nursing, it took me a month to like go through the process because it hurts so bad. And that's also something. To stop nursing? I stopped nursing after six months because I wanted to get pregnant again. You were producing milk for six months? Girl, if I was still nursing him, I would still be producing milk. And now that I'm pregnant again, like I'm producing again. It's weird. That is so interesting. It's crazy. I can honestly say I'm so glad that Alex pushed me to nurse because it was the most beautiful bonding experience I had with my son. Like it's one thing that like nobody else could give him. Right. I mean, minus the women that can't that like, because there are some women out there that I think it they they can nurse or also it stops really quickly. My sister was nurse and I'm a formula baby. I'm a formula baby. My sister's a formula baby. Alex and his brother are formula babies. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And people ask me for advice and I tell them the best advice I can give you is whatever works for you and your baby. That's how it should be. If you can't nurse or don't want to nurse, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to co-sleep with your kid, co-sleep with your kid. If it's working for you, that's how it should be done for you. Nobody else should be judging you at all. 
Yeah, I think giving birth and pregnancy is so beautiful. I do have this like weird fear that what if I'm unable to do it? And I don't know why I always worry about that. What if I can't get pregnant because I'm 32 now? Because I've been on birth control since I was 17. In 2021, like if there is a will, there is a way and miracles happen and things happen. I mean, people are having babies in their 40s. There's Again, I don't, I am not here to judge. I think there is nothing wrong. Whatever is meant to be or the way it works for you. Yeah. That's how it should be. There's nothing right or wrong. Were you trying to get pregnant with both of your kids or was it an accident? So with Shy, we were just like, I mean, if it happens, it happens. You know, with this one, we were trying for like three months and I was like adamant. I was tracking everything. And I think that's what kept pushing it off. For like two months, I was like, why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening? And like, my heart goes to people who try and try and try. But I, you know, tell them like, just have fun with it. The trying is the best part. Once you're relaxed, that's the best part. Because once it's done, you're like, okay, get away from me. Don't touch me. I'm hot. Because there's only like a very specific few days in the month that you're ovulating, right? Oh, yeah. And they say that if you do it like, a day or two before you ovulate, there's a higher chance that you can have a girl because like the, the girl's sperm like lingers longer. Those girls were stuck. We're totally stage five clingers, you know, but like the boys, it happened like on that day. Yeah, it's so crazy. One of my really good friends, one time when we were younger, we went with our boyfriends to Palm Springs and obviously we were fucking our boyfriends there. Well, not at the same time, but Anyway, I was out with my boyfriend. She was back in the room with hers and they slept together. She's so effing fertile that like, even though I think the condom broke or something or he came outside of her, but there's some of it semen that stayed inside of her and she got pregnant from, from it. But because we're, we're still younger, she had to, um, I don't know if she got a shushmorshmorshin, but whatever it was, it was like painful and she was really depressed afterwards, I remember. But what's crazy is that years later, they got married and then they had kids. I kind of always think about that. It's crazy that like, because they didn't know their future yet. That's like a butterfly effect kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like when you really think about it. Yeah. I feel like another thing no one tells you after you give birth, which was shocking to me, is that all these women after they give birth, including influencers, including famous people, they all wear diapers. Girl. Well, I didn't because I didn't push. I had a C-section, but they give you these, they're like basically like wearing nothing boy short underwear and they have this like pad in it that you have to wear. I was like, please send me home with like five boxes of it because the way where the scar is, like you don't want anything touching it, even though it's very numb, but it's healing. Literally the best underwear is ever. I'm not even kidding. It's like wearing nothing and it's okay. So C-section, is that, was that planned then or did it just happen? So it was planned, but Shy came three and a half weeks earlier. So it was kind of an emergency C-section because I had preeclampsia and he developed a true knot, which is something so rare. And basically his umbilical cord was in a big knot and he was losing nutrients inside of me and you can't detect it in an ultrasound. He lost about two pounds inside of me. And the doctor said, if I had waited like another day or two, like we would not be having this conversation about him. I had a generally healthy pregnancy. And I remember the night before we had our doctor appointment, it wasn't feeling well. I had a migraine like I've never experienced. I was in so much pain in my stomach and I was thinking, okay, he's just like kicking me. We go to the doctor and my blood pressure was through the roof. Like not at all what I've experienced. And the doctor was like, I'm going to send you to the hospital just to make sure that the baby's okay, because you had a generally healthy pregnancy. And he's like, there's a chance you're going to have a baby today. And I was like, what? <laughs> Come again. I remember I was at the, I was at the doctor's at nine. I was at the hospital by 11 and I had a baby in my arms by 430. The doctor pulled out shy and told Alex, take a picture of this. You're going to want to see it. This knot was so big and it was so tight and they, I was like, knock me out after you take him out. I don't want to hear you putting stuff back. Like, I don't want to be like the backseat driver. And I'm like, did you put this where it belongs kind of thing, you know? So they knocked me out. 
and I woke up in the recovery room and Alex was telling me that the doctor said, you have no idea how lucky you are because if we had waited, like he wouldn't be here. Talk about like being at the right place at the right time. But that's really what caused the whole early C-section and he was ready to come out of this, out into this world. The way my sister was able to give birth the first time was that um, it was time for her to, to go to the hospital. I kid you not, when I walked into the room because I wanted to be there to take pictures of her, she was so irritated because we're such siblings. She was like, and my nickname, my Israeli nickname is Vital instead of Violet, Violetta. So she's like, Vital, get out, Vital, Vital, get out. And when she yelled at me, her water broke. And I was like, you're welcome. And then I walked out. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. I helped you. So you should be <laughs> Like, of course, I'm annoying my own sister, even as she's about to give birth. Like, that is such a sibling thing. That's a sibling thing. But look, it was because of you. And then after she finished giving birth, a day or two later, she texts me and she goes, hey, do you have any pictures of me during my birth? And I said, no, Karen, I think you forgot that you were yelling at me. That's, that's the best, like, influencer slash sibling comment ever. Whether you're trying to get knocked up or not, or just going for your regular D appointment, it's always nice to have a fresh wax. European Wax Center certified wax specialists are expert and trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin. Bikini waxing is literally their particular specialty, and they do over 7.5 million bikinis a year. With numbers like that, you know you're getting the best bikini service out there from true bikini wax specialists. So if you want to boost your confidence, yourself, your skin, and your vagine a favor, go check out European Wax Center. So just go to waxcenter.com and book your reservation today. And your first wax is on me, baby. It's free. I personally love to get waxed down there, especially right now with the pandemic finally ending. I could finally go get mine. So I know that I have to always be prepared because you never know when that D appointment is coming. You just always have to be ready. And their secret is in their signature comfort wax, a blend of beeswax sourced from Europe and other skin soothing ingredients that allows for easy hair removal for a less painful experience. And they're all about safety and security. So you feel safe with them. European Wax Center is so confident they're going to love their services that they're offering all first time guests their first wax free. So again, your first wax is on me, baby girl. So go get that dick. So again, Visit waxcenter.com and book your reservations today. Your first wax is free. I want to keep talking about being a mom, but I feel like I have to mention the fact that you met your uh, Alex. Your Alex. My Alex. You met my Alex, everybody. So don't even think about it. (laughs) So you met him on a trip called Birthright. Yeah. I did. I married my medic and he was the most useless medic. I slipped and fell and he sat there and watched me fall. Okay, guys. So if you don't know what birthright is, it's basically a trip that's free for uh, people who are Jewish or want to be Jewish who live in in the U.S. And it's a trip for them to get to explore Israel. Then there's another benefit to birthright. Aside from this trip that you go on for free for like 13 days and you get to see Israel around, which, by the way, I went on it. I wasn't supposed to, but I did. And I'll tell you in a second why. But aside from that, there's a cool thing about birthright is that they encourage people, Jews, to marry so much that they basically say that if you meet your partner on this trip, they will pay for your wedding. I think it was they would pay for your honeymoon back to Israel, but I think that was a private donor. And I don't know if they do it anymore. I think they're supposed to pay for your wedding. I mean, maybe things change now. It's a honeymoon, but it's different because yours was a medic. But I went on birthright. I wasn't supposed I wasn't supposed to go on birthright. Oh, my God. If birthright is listening to me, please don't charge me for the trip. But basically, you have to be somebody that didn't live in Israel. My passport says I was born in Russia. So that's how I was able to apply to go to birthright. And but um, it's around the world. It's worldwide. Now it is. Well, back they also th- extended the age. Okay, I didn't know that. So back then, that wasn't the case. You can only go to Israel. And I really wanted to go. So luckily, my passport says Russia. So then when they call you to interview you to see if you're a good fit to go on the trip, they're like, have you ever been to Israel? And I was like, nope. And they're like, do you, do you know any Hebrews? Like, 
not really no and so like i completely pretend like i've never been to israel i'm not israeli or anything and then i also signed up my boyfriend and his best friend on the trip i literally filled everything out for for them so the three of us can go then i found out my boyfriend was cheating on me so i called birthright and i said i need you to cancel the planned trips that you have for blank and blank and blank and blank and they said are you sure and i said well i filled them out so yeah i'm fucking damn sure cancel them because I did them and now I don't want to do it anymore. They canceled their birthright trips. And then for me, I said, I need to get out of town. Do you have a birthright trip I can get on right now? And they're like, because my ours was planned for a few months from now. And they said, somebody just canceled a birthright trip from in two days. Do you want to get on that one? And I said, yeah. And I went. Oh, you know what? Listen, everything happens and doesn't for a reason. And you were meant to be on that trip for a reason. Yeah, I go on that trip. I, we meet at the airport and I see my Hebrew teacher drop off her child. And she's like, Vital, and I'm like, no, stop, stop. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? She starts speaking to me in Hebrew. I was like, um, what? I'm so sorry. And then I took her to the sign. And I was like, please stop talking to me. They don't know I speak Hebrew. Please stop. And I was like, no, what? And then like on the trip, I, I went from like, I don't speak any Hebrew to, and I've never been here to being like, you know what? I have seen this before to being like, and even the Barat Ksati Vrit to being like, can't even belt chalak. I mean, we need to call. And I was like, fuck. The hand waving and everything. Yeah, I got away with it. I met a boy on Birthright trip. Everyone has a fling on Birthright. Oh, yes. Like, you don't go on birthright for nothing. Yeah, actually, it's an amazing experience. Aside from, like, hooking up with somebody or meeting somebody or, like, the Israeli soldiers, it really is an amazing experience. It really is. It's life-changing. So was it love at first sight with your medic? I remember, okay, so I hate flying. I have a horrible fear of flying. It was heavily medicated, heavily medicated at the time I used to smoke. And I looked so ridiculous. And I tell this story over and over again. I was wearing a Burberry tracksuit. I'm totally bringing back tracksuits, by the way. And I had on a cheetah neck pillow and an eye mask that says, do not disturb. And like a Vera Bradley backpack with a matching duffel bag, heavily medicated. And as soon as we step outside, I'm like, oh, yes, this is such a long flight, you know? And we go to the bus and this guy is standing there. And he's standing there and so serious with sunglasses and a hat on. He was smoking and I was like, are you our medic? And he was like, yeah. I was like, you're so fucking hot. And I like walked away. Shut up. I swear. I swear. My friend Skylar, he was actually uh, a groomsman in our wedding. He was my co-staff. And I remember getting on the bus and I looked at Skylar and I was like, Skylar, I'm totally going to hook up with our medic. And he was like, he has a girlfriend. And Alex, I made Alex sit next to me. And I was like, do you have a girlfriend? And he was like, nope. And I was like, Skylar, that's it, man. That's it. There was this participant who was trying to get with him so hard. And like the first night, like had to go to the hospital because she wasn't feeling well. So like the medic has to take you. And I looked at her and I was like, girl, don't even try it. Like I literally claimed him immediately. That's and everybody so- knew, knew it. So did you guys have your first kiss on birthright? Yeah, and I and I ended up extending my stay right. for a week after the trip. And that's when things started to get like hot and heavy between us. So it sounds like you had a very positive birthright experience. I mean, I got a husband and a kid and went on the way out of it. So yeah, it was great. My birthright experience was, I can't believe I'm going to tell the story. But- yes, tell the story. There was this guy that I was kind of interested in because when you're on birthright, it feels like you're the only people in this world together. So it's like everyone ends up having a crush on somebody. So there was a guy I was kind of interested in. Plus, I was just getting out of a breakup after two days. (laughs) Rebound. My experience was this one night we were at some kibbutz or something. We started drinking. I'm not really a drinker. I never really was. So I've always been a very lightweight. So I, I started drinking and I was trying to drink, I guess, to like, to, to get the courage to maybe kiss the boy, whatever it was. I don't remember. I blacked out. It was my first time in my life I've ever blacked out. So I guess they had to carry me to my room. And all I remember is that I fell asleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I wasn't feeling well. When I woke up, I felt like I was still drunk. And also I woke up in a really wet towel. And I was thinking, that's weird. Did I 
did I shower last night? I was really confused, but I didn't have time to think about it. So I had to, to pack my bag really quick and I had to take my wet towel. I'm assuming I showered, nothing else. And I folded the towel and I put it in my suitcase over all my clothes and I closed it. And then I looked at my roommate and I said, Ba, I don't feel good. And she's like, V, you're, you're just in your head. Go eat something before we get on the bus. And I'm like, I think I'm still drunk. There's something wrong. I don't think this is right. There's something's weird. And she's like, go eat. You're, you're overreacting. I was like, okay. I go eat. My first thought process of what to eat because I'm obsessed with the dairy in Israel was oh, so I'll have cereal. Good. So good. You don't have cereal when there's like 110 degrees outside, humid, and you're still hungover, still drunk. I eat milk and cereal. And then I'm ready to get on the bus. So we all get on the bus. It's literally humid as F. Now we have a drive up some mountain in the desert for an hour. And I feel really sick. And I close my eyes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to do my best to fall asleep. So I don't like throw up or anything. And I'll just throw up when we get to the some army camp thing that we're going to. Oh, I know exactly. Mount Bentall. I know exactly where yes. you are. Yes. So... We keep going up the hill, very humid, very hot. And I close my eyes. I finally fall asleep. So I'm like, thank God I'm not going to throw up. Oh, and we all had to have a backpack with us. That we're gonna, was going to be uh, our backpack for the next two days because we couldn't yeah. open our suitcase. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is very important to mention the backpacks. I, and I'll tell I you feel why. like I'm reliving like my time. I staffed three trips. So like I'm literally reliving. You're this. not going to relive this moment because okay, I ruined everyone's trip. So anyway... So the point is, and now they all follow you and listen to your podcast. So, <laughs> well, it's funny because I was like one of the cool girls in the trip, and sometimes I was kind of like bitchy. So it was actually kind of, in a way, it felt like payback to me. I'm not gonna lie, but here's what happened: I closed my eyes to try to fall asleep, but the guy behind me, Dean, is putting his head on my chair from from the back, and he keeps and he keeps mumbling and he keeps saying. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm gonna throw up. I don't feel good. And I, and I remember he woke me up and I was like, Dean, shut up. Stop talking. And he's like, I don't feel good. I'm gonna throw up. And I was like, Dean, stop. And then he woke me up and then suddenly I'm like, wait, I don't feel good. Cause suddenly my brain processed that I also don't feel good. And I look at my friend Bar and I go, Bar, I don't feel good. Something's wrong. And she's like, what do you mean? And I go, I'm gonna throw up. I don't feel, I'm gonna throw up. She goes, I'm like, please give me a bag. I'm gonna throw up. Oh my God, I'm gonna throw up. And then she goes, and I remember like this in slow motion. She goes, hey, uh, does anyone have a back? She's going to throw up. And literally slow motion, everyone, lazy as F, they're like, does anyone have a bag? Is there a bag? And I'm like, and I'm like mortified. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Please get a bag, get a bag. And I put my hands over my mouth and then I just go and no one's giving me a bag yet. And my, I start to throw up and the throw up seeps through my fingers all over me. They finally gave me a bag. Now I'm throwing up. So first I throw up on myself and in my hands, it seeped through me. Then I start to throw up in the bag and I just hear somebody saying like, oh fuck, her head is in the bag. And I just can't stop throwing up. And then luckily, by the way, the girl sitting next to me ran away. Like everyone evacuated, not to sit next to me. It was really funny. But within five minutes, we got to the army camp and everyone just sprints out of the bus. And when I pick up the bag to throw it out, I picked it up the wrong way and it opened and it seeped through my throw up, seeped through the chair. And because we were on a hill and I'm in the front row, it, it seeped through all the way down to the end of the bus. And it went through every single person's backpack, my throw up. And it was a lot of throw up. So I ruined half of the kids' backpacks that were on the, on the right side of the row, especially Dean, who was sitting next to me. I like ruined his shit completely. Poor Dean. And because we're in very humid, even though oh they cleaned up. God. Oh my God. Yeah. Even though they cleaned up the bus, the smell stayed on the bus for two days. I literally, I had to go to the hospital with the participant. I've had participants throw up on buses. Oh yeah, I have been through it all. I, oh my God. Where they ruined, where they, it went through the whole bus. The whole back of the bus. Like we changed buses. Oh, well, we, we couldn't change buses. So we had to stay on the bus while everyone could smell my throw up. And then I, I was walking around the army base because I had to run to throw up in the bathroom again. And I was in a bathing suit, with my big ass titties, sprinting to the bathroom again to throw up. And when I walked out of the bathroom, because Israel is a conservative country, they were like, yeah. you need to put some clothes on. I was like, are you serious? And they're like, you need to find some clothes to put on. You can't walk around like this. And Does I'm anybody like, have a shirt? Does anybody have a shirt? <laughs> and like, literally, as you're telling me, I'm like, one second, I look at the trash can that's next to us and I start to throw up in the trash can. At least it was memorable. Um, yeah, I definitely made everyone remember that trip. That's for sure.
But aside from that, birthright is good, right? No, first of all, this is one of my favorite memories. I was literally reliving, like listening to your story, even though like it had a shitty ending. I was thinking that like, wow, I would love to go back on birthright. It is so much fun. Oh, by the way, I forgot about the towel. When I opened up the suitcase, it smelled like piss. And that's when I realized I pissed myself too. So not only did I throw up on myself, I also pissed myself. So the rest of my suitcase reeked of piss because of that one towel that was wet that I put in over my stuff and had to keep away in the suitcase for two days. I did end up making out with that boy that liked me like a few days later. So I apparently, no, he didn't there care that go. I threw there up on myself. Go. Listen, you made a lasting impression. If you're anything like me, then you have a ton of embarrassing stories that give you a full body cringe when you think back on it. Sometimes it's so bad that it'll give me actual anxiety. When this happens, I use Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. If you're looking for a way to change your sleep, your focus, overall behavior, or just help you with anxiety, then you need to know about Headspace. Headspace is the only meditation app that uses clinically validated research. Feeling overwhelmed? Need some help falling asleep? Looking for a morning meditation you can do with your family? Headspace has you covered. Their approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I recently started to use Headspace whenever I feel like I'm getting anxiety, whether it's one of my super embarrassing stories or, you know, thinking about all the men I've ever dated. I just tune into Headspace and it helps me just like relax and calm down. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. They make it so easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime anywhere you deserve to feel happier and headspace is meditation made simple so go to headspace.com slash too tired that's headspace.com slash too tired for a free one month trial with access to headspace full library of meditations for every situation this is the best deal offered right now so head to headspace.com slash too tired today Do you have like some crazy like dating story that like pre-Alex where you were like crazy over a boy or did something kind of wild? Honestly, I really try not to think about my past. I really don't. According to Alex, so Alex thinks that I was born and put in a dungeon for 26 years. And my parents one day were like, oh, you should go staff a birthright trip. And I decided to go and Rapunzel, Rapunzel let down her hair. Alex, this knight in shining armor, came and rescued me. Right. So I really try not to think about my past. I don't, I mean, I lived in New York before Alex in my early 20s, the best days of my life. I think I can imagine your dating life based on you thinking the medic is hot, telling him he's hot, and then telling your friends you're going to fuck him. I'm assuming that's great. Like, I like love that though. You're such a go-getter. You went for what you wanted. I am a go-getter. I get what I want, but I'm also conservative in things. You know what I mean? Like I talk the talk and sometimes I walk the walk. I'm a go-getter, but then I'm just like, I don't know. You know, I have to respect myself kind of thing. But with Alex, I was like, no, you're, you're mine. That's it. I talk the talk, but then I throw up on myself. Or pee yourself. So For people out there that are going through a long distance relationship, do you have some tips of how you manage to go through that with Alex? I actually do. Okay, perfect. Because your long distance was literally two different countries. And it was over a year. This was actually pre like WhatsApp and video. Like we used to have Viber, which is an app that nobody really knows of. And it was the only free like texting and calling app that had video. So we would use that. Also, we would, before like there was FaceTime and Zoom, we would use Skype. And because he was seven hours ahead and his hours were very different than mine, we would try once a weekend, like either Saturday or Sunday, we would stream. I would legally stream a movie. I would take the Wi-Fi from the bar downstairs and we would stream a movie together and we would watch it on Skype and we would mute each other. So it was like we were having a date night. Yeah, it's so cheesy, but it really works. And then what else we would do is because he was seven hours ahead, based on his work schedule, he would either 
like be getting home from work and call me to like wake me up or vice versa. Like I would say good night or I would wake him up for work or something like that. We were each other's alarm system. Oh yeah. It's and also very freaky, not freaky at all. We would sometimes fall asleep with Skype on and like I would wake up and he wouldn't be there and it would be really weird. And I was like, is he watching me sleep? But we would do that. I know it sounds creepy, but it worked for us. It really worked for us. It's like streaming movies is the best. Having a date night, you have a date night. You get the same snap and literally have a date night and you mute each other and you like text about like, oh my God, did you see that? Oh, I think that's really sweet. So how long was it the first time that you guys had to be apart before you got to see each other? I don't know. We went at one time, we went seven months without seeing each other. Whoa. That was really hard. So what made you that, what made you guys then want to get on the 90 day fiance? So my roommate at the time, like I was watching this show before it was the big conglomerate that it is now. And she was like, oh my God, you should really write to them. Like you're going through this. And I was like, okay, like I have nothing to lose. You know, I literally wrote an entire novel of an email and submitted pictures of us in bathing suits back when I was like on Adderall and smoking and like 30 pounds skinnier. So I, I looked so good and he looks exactly the same. He's like a freak. So I wrote them and I sent pictures and within like a month or so, I was like, so we're going to be on the show. And like, if you would have told me then what it is now, I would have laughed in your face. Cause like, I can assure you, I'm not a famous person at all. I'm not famous, but to people like I am, and it's mind blowing. Cause like, I'm not at all. Did you go on the show like a just like to do it, but was also because you you, like it could help you guys see each other more or something like that? that So it actually didn't help us at all. They didn't pay for anything. It didn't help our case or visa or anything. It literally just followed us behind the scenes as it happened for real. We're like genuinely in love. So why not? You know? And reality TV is reality TV. But I think like we came out so much stronger. We are such a solid couple. We are very much in love because we can't stand each other all the time, but we love each other, you know, and we have a family and we've worked through it, but it's just so crazy how just writing an email and sending pictures turned into this. Was it like a fame overnight after the show aired or was it after the second show that you were on? So after the first season, because we were on the third season of regular 90 day, and then we started happily ever after we did the first two seasons, I would say after that, it kind of like it was up and then it stopped because then we were nowhere. We weren't on anymore. And then we were on pillow talk. That's when this fame of ours like really happened or getting recognized really happened. Yeah. Now it's really crazy because I'm with my friends or like my coworkers. Like I don't talk about the show. I never talk about it at work or anything. And people are like, Oh my God, that's cute. She's on the show, she's on the show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What show? Like you look just like the girl that's on the show. I'm like, Oh, you mean because I'm on it? And they're like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Like they just, it's so mind blowing how people see me and they're like, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? And I'm like, what like it literally blows my mind so i think because overall the people the couples on the show a lot of them did not make it through so like i feel like you guys in a way are like the the face of the franchise because you're one of the successful couples like the happily ever after exclamation mark not question mark you know like i think we're very relatable because we say it like it is. I don't really buy maternity clothes. I wear clothes just to size up so I can have it again. I'm very honest about the fact that I love that I'm having a boy because I don't have to buy more clothes again. Like, I feel like I just say things that people think, but that's who I've always been. Like, I don't necessarily have a filter. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, but I have to. I have Tourette's syndrome and I opened up about it. You have Tourette's? Mm-hmm. I opened up about it in a season and I talked at Capitol Hill and I got funding for the state like that some people really started to recognize me and whether it's like good or bad like to this day I'll have some ignorant people come up to me and be like well well, where is it I don't see you doing it and I'm like that's not how it works but thank you or like I've had people associate me with it but then people who are like thank you so much for talking about it bringing awareness to it so I really think that opening up about something so relatable that's so 
undercover and embarrassing for people to have it. That's what really started people recognizing me and seeing that I'm super brave for just talking about it. And now being a mom, I have been so open with my postpartum journey, my body dysmorphia, like I've had body, I'm a Jewish girl from South Florida. Like I've got body dysmorphia, come on. And I've had it my whole life. And I just, I don't give a fuck. I'm put here for a reason. I have a platform. Why not use it for good? If I've helped one person, then I did the right thing. And if, even if that one person is me, you know what, if you don't like me, don't follow me, you know, like it's ridiculous. So I just feel like what you see is what you get most of the time. I love it when people, whether they gain followers or not, when they continue to stay the same and continue to be honest and all that. I mean, I can see that in you. And I think that's great that you haven't changed at all. Like, and I won't, I'm exactly who I am. And honestly, like this whole social media thing, like you and I are the same age. So we grew up in the best generation where in high school, if we went to a keg party, we were at that keg hanging out with people. We weren't texting. We weren't doing anything. We were communicating. And now with social media, there's this image and you have a baby and you have to look a certain way. I, no way. I took my time and, you know, I'm very honest about that. And I don't hide behind a screen and I will pride myself in this. I've never purchased a follower or a comment or a robot ever. I don't even know how to do that. And I would me neither. I would never waste my money on that. Like it's not a big deal, you know? I'm really thankful that we got to grow up in a day and age where social media wasn't a thing. Like I feel like I'm thankful that we had a good childhood because of that. It is crazy because it's like people can be really mean on social media, especially now during the pandemic, people are a little more hateful than usual. So they will literally tell you everything that's wrong with you. But then when you get something done that some people would be like, you're so pretty. Why would you do that? It's like, you told me to do it. You, you told me I looked bad when I, before it, like it's, it it is confusing. So it's like, it's almost like that's why you have to kind of check out a lot of the time and not focus on a lot of those things. But it is really hard to do that, especially when you're having bad days Yes. to look away. Agreed. No, for sure. It's very, very hard. Well, we are wrapping it up. Is there anything you feel like I didn't ask you? I mean, there were so many other things I feel like we could talk about, but we can do a, a second episode. We can yeah. we can circle back. Okay, I'm down. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram, Lauren Brovarnik. That's L-O-R-E-N-B-R-O-V-A-R-N-I-K. I'm also on Twitter, L Brovarnik, and I'm on TikTok now. At, I think it's Lauren Brovarnik. And your clothing line website? LaurenRavarnik.com. And I just started YouTube. Okay. I only have one video on there because I'm still trying to figure that out. I actually don't even know the page. Just Google, just Google her name. And also your weekly, uh, the Pillow Talk. Yay. Pillow Talk on 90 Day Fiance. It's on TLC and Discovery Plus. And then you can find me giving birth eventually. So When are you due? I am due at the end of August, early September. Oh, that's exciting. I don't know much about Virgo, so I should probably research it. Me neither. I don't really know anything about Virgo, guys. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You guys, make sure to check her out. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. Check out her cute little boy. Do not send her any mean messages or her, and I will come for you. And make sure to have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye.